Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart Simple Wealth. It's another episode of Smart Simple Wealth. Welcome. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Carrie Qureshi. Hey, Carrie, what's going on with you this month? Not too much. Nothing too exciting. How about you? Oh, doing well. Nice to be kind of, uh, you know, as we, you know, do today's episode, like fully in the midst of fall. It's nice to be back into uh, into that mode of things, isn't it? Yes. It's nice that things are starting to, to cool off and, you know, change of season is always good. And pumpkin spice everything. That's always the talk of the time this, this time of year. <laughs> I, put, put pumpkin in everything. I'm, I'm in that camp. Why not? Have at it. Everything pumpkin. It sounds good to me. We actually planted pumpkins this year in our garden, oh, um, right at my father's nice. garden, for our seven-year-old because he always loves pumpkins. He always to go to the pumpkin patch. He has this child has to pick out the biggest one, and so we planted pumpkins this year. They are growing nicely. Um, we can't wait to see how big they are. And yeah, our, our kiddo is super excited. <laughs> my dad, you know, growing up, my dad works in pest control, and when I was a kid. You know, he's traveling all over town, you know, just serving different farms, different houses. I mean, just all types of places and locations. He covered, obviously, a lot of ground doing his routes and going to different places. And so every year he'd be on the lookout for the ugliest pumpkin or the biggest pumpkin or, you know, whatever he could find. And it would always be a surprise when we kind of got into that month of October, when would he come home <laughs> with the pumpkin, right? Like we'd always have a couple that we would get that were normal that we would do the carving for, but he'd always bring home mm-hmm. one bizarre pumpkin and, uh, you know, either really warty ones or discolored one. Like every year he tried to do something different, but one year he brought home like this massive 127 pound pumpkin. We put it on a scale I mean, it was like incredibly difficult to get it off the car. I think he almost broke his back doing it. But the thing was insane. It filled up the entire back of his work pickup truck when he brought it. <laughs> and it was oh my gosh! Yeah, I think awesome. that's what that's what our son Cade wants because when we planted them, we got like the Big Max variety. Yeah. And they said they could grow up to over a hundred pounds, and so um, yeah, that's what he's expecting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was so cool because usually it wasn't like he was going to official pumpkin patches. These would just be different people's farms, or you know, they just happen to have some pumpkins growing and hanging out and he he would just say like are you doing anything with that pumpkin they'd be like nah i mean it's just hanging out there you if you want you can have it and they he'd, he'd load them up and take them home and <laughs> it was good stuff so. that's hilarious though because every year you're trying to outdo the prior year right you're looking right. for something new and different so yes yes yeah, like exactly that. that one was a hard year to top and then everybody in the neighborhood was coming by on halloween night looking at it and kids were jumping on top of it it was pretty cool so it was it was a neat little thing to do i like that better than when he would bring home like spiders and stuff in jars I would just, I couldn't get into the bugs. So I was like, eh, I like the pumpkins no. better. Bring those home. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, we've got a great show on the way this month. So we're going to be talking about working with the right advisor or even better, analyzing the problem. Why are you maybe making excuses for sticking with the wrong advisor? We're going to talk about some of the top excuses for why people continue to work with advisors who aren't a good fit for them when it comes to their financial and, and maybe their legal and life planning situations. So maybe you'll be identifying with one of these excuses if you have had an inkling that maybe you're working with the wrong advisor. We've talked about that before on the show. We're making sure you're working with the right advisor, but we're going to talk about some of the reasons for why people don't take action even when they realize that that's the case. We're also going to answer a great question from Bess in 
today's show. Bess wondering about uh, her retirement counts and the fact that they've done well the last couple of years, but not really knowing what they should be doing. Sort of feel like you just got lucky over the last couple of years, not that it's by particular action that you've had success in your financial plan. So we're going to really talk about how to find out what your money is doing for you when we tackle Bess's question later on as well. But we like to start off each show with a quote of the month to set the tone. And this one comes from Will Rogers this month, Carrie. And Will Rogers said, the quickest way to double your money is to fold it in half and put it in your back pocket. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's this almost is a like great a. One. It applies to everybody. That's almost like a uh, Yogi Berra, Yogi Berra ism, isn't it? Right, right, yeah. And I think this is so important to investors because I often see you know prospects calling me up and saying, "Hey, I know I haven't saved very much. I got a late start, but uh, I need to earn ten percent on my money. So how do I do that?" But then you get to talking and they're really a conservative investor. And so the bigger problem is they weren't putting money away early on. And now they're trying to make up for it with a more aggressive approach. And so for us, um, just a reminder that we want to invest our money in a disciplined long-term approach. And it's better to be consistent and make a little bit each year versus take on too much risk and have your portfolio blow up before retirement. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think it's just a good quote to uh, kind of use as our guiding light for today's program for sure. So the quickest way to double your money, fold it in half and put it in your back pocket. Will Rogers getting us going this week. All right, Carrie, a lot of people listen to the uh, their advisor. They may even, I don't know, they may think their advisor's doing a stellar job, or maybe they start to get an inkling that their advisor's not doing everything that they should for them. But folks continue to work with advisors like that because they simply feel that, well, it's a nice person, or uh, you know, that's who my family's worked with for a long time, or that's who dad worked with, so that's why I'm still there. I mean, different excuses start popping up here. And we want to talk about some of the ridiculousness of these statements that make sense to us when we say them. And by the way, we're not pointing fingers. We've all made excuses of these kinds of things before, probably, in different ways. But we want to point out some of the fallacies behind this thinking and why it's important for people to really get advice that they really need rather than just, I don't know, maintaining relationships for personal reasons. Like, let's take the business approach to how we are deciding who we take advice from and who we're working with from a financial perspective. Here's a good example to get us started. One excuse we've heard before is someone saying, you know, my portfolio hasn't done very well for the past several years, but the advisor's a really nice guy or a really nice gal, so I haven't wanted to make a change. That's that personal level that we kind of need to divorce our mindset from, right? Right. And I think the bigger question here is to take a step back and figure out why has your portfolio not done very well? And have you sat down with your advisor and has he or she explained why your portfolio hasn't done well and if we should make any changes? But just saying, well, he's a nice guy or is a nice person, um, I don't want to make a change. Again, that's taking it to putting the relationship above your own financial well-being. And so this is an issue. Yeah, big issue for a lot of people. That one's easy to understand, just being more personal rather than business-like. Here's another example. Let's say you make the excuse that, you know, I don't usually understand much of what my advisor says, and I'm always really confused after we meet. But I guess money just isn't really my thing. Plus, our kids were in school together, and, you know, he's a good guy. There's kind of a lot of in, uh, stuff in the mix <laughs> there. 
Yeah, there's a couple of different things. I mean, I think the first part about not understanding what he's saying is an issue. We see this a lot in the legal world as well, but it happens just as much in the financial world is a professional not explaining things in layman's terms. And the our job is to make it easier for our clients to understand what we're doing. It is not to make things more complicated and talk over their heads so that they think we're really smart and they just, you know, give us their money to invest. That is not the way things should work. That's how I feel whenever um, I go to get my car worked on. That's the, well, you got this alter, you know, thing broken with the alternator and this is going on and then you've got this pump over here that's broken. But see, the axle runs the thing over here and then that's why we got to do this thing over here. But you need your filter, so blah, 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 blah. blah. So that'll be $3,000. <laughs> like, exactly, uh, okay. exactly. And I think there's a balancing act there too because it's kind of like when you go to the doctor. If I went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, Carrie, you have this condition, but you're going to need surgery. I'm going to ask questions relating to, you know, why I need it and what are my other options. But if we do the surgery, you know, what's going to happen. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily going to ask the doctor, what scalpel are you going to use and what type of dosage of medicine? Because I'm going to leave that up to him. It's his expertise. And so I think you need to understand the broad picture of what your financial plan is and how your investments are designed. But then you still have to have enough faith and trust in your advisor to know that they have the expertise to carry out all the details and you can go on and live your life and not be worried about all those little details. Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense, Carrie. So yeah, that's a big one. You should be working with somebody who's helping educate you about your situation, not and, and who can recognize, hmm, you're not understanding this. Let's not just leave this pedestal and move on. Let's make sure you understand this before we take the next steps. That's the sign that you're working with the right advisor. So don't make that excuse of, well, they just know more than I do, so I'll just stick my head in the sand and keep moving through. No, you should be able to learn and, and grasp some of the concepts of why your portfolio is designed the way it is. And if you're working with somebody who teaches you those things, that's a good sign. So don't make that right. And don't be don't be afraid to talk to your advisor and tell them I want to understand why we're investing in this and why it's built that way, because that's the only way where you're going to have peace of mind that you're on the right path. Here's another scenario that we have certainly heard from people before. They may say something like, you know, we never get together for reviews of my plan and I rarely get phone calls returned. But I know that, you know, he's really busy. The advisor's worked with my dad for years. I assume he's taking care of me. But there's a lack of communication there. Mm -hmm. A big lack of communication. And I think the word that stands out for me, Walter, is assume. I assume he's taking care of me. And that's a really bad assumption. You should know that they're taking care of you. Um, and there should be a regular review schedule. When you sign up to become a client, we need to ask and say, okay, are we doing an annual review meeting? Are we doing quarterly review meeting? And the communication as far as the phone calls and emails, there needs to be a, a clear defined policy on when those get returned as well. And I think the big kicker here is that, you know, he's worked with my dad for years. So you have that relationship. And I think that pays plays a huge part in it because you have that family history. And so that makes it harder to say, you know, I don't know if you're looking out for my best interest. Maybe I need to go somewhere else. In all of these examples, you can kind of see that there's two things at play, some sort of personal side to it, and then also just some sort of, uh, you know, misrepresentation of how you should approach the situation. Like the, oh, it's okay that I'm not being communicated with because he's probably busy. Well, you're making an assumption that's not necessarily true. And even if it is, well, then that advisor should be doing more to still communicate with you, even though they're getting busy. There are other ways that that communication can take place. 
and you know they can make time for you if you need that communication, those conversations. So all good things to think about. One more excuse example here, Carrie. He doesn't really specialize in retirement planning, but he's an old college buddy, so I've stuck with him. This is where it gets really personal, where it's an actual friend, it seems. Right, right. But like you said, it still has these two different aspects of where they're not really doing their job professionally, but then there is a an ongoing earlier relationship. And so I think, you know, you need to look at someone that specializes in what you need. If they're looking at, oh, we do debt planning and college planning, that's not going to be helpful for you in your retirement years if you need, you know, tax planning and distribution strategies. But I think it's harder if it is a personal friend of yours versus, you know, a family friend or your family advisor. But at the end of the day, I think that they realize, you know, that you need to be doing what's best for you, not necessarily being buddy, buddy. Right. Yep. Absolutely. All of these are good examples. There's probably more excuses we could talk about and come up with as well. But we'll stop there for the moment, Carrie. What would you say to somebody who's in a position where they have this suspicion they're working with the wrong advisor. Maybe they identified somebody listening to today's show with one of these excuses that we covered, but they're struggling to pull the trigger on making a change because saying I need to make a change and making a change are two different things. It's a lot harder when you have to tell that family friend it's not working out or the old college buddy, hey, man, you don't, you, you don't really specialize in my situation, so I need to go find additional help. What, what do you say to folks who might be in that place? Absolutely. I mean, like you said, it's really it's harder to make a change and to leave something you're familiar with and to actually, you know, do that. And I think the best advice I could give is to just be honest with yourself and take a look and decide, is it more important for you to like your advisor and have them like you and to not hurt their feelings than for you to have a successful retirement and not run out of money? And you've got to choose between one of those two things. And if your priorities are straight and you know what you want, then I think that that leads you to your right decision. Yep, absolutely. If you want to talk to Carrie about some of these things, here are the ways to get in touch with her. 870-275-4304. That's 870-275-4304. Carrie is an estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law Firm, helping you integrate your financial, legal, and life planning all together, serving Arkansas and Texas. You can find the team online as well by going to QureshiLaw.com. That's QureshiLaw.com. We'll put a link in today's episode for you to be able to find that website, get that information, and to get in touch with Carrie. That's QureshiLaw.com, and you can also give a call to that number, 870-275-4304. It's getting to know you time. Well, it's time to get to know Carrie a little bit better on today's show. And my question for you this month, Carrie, is what hobby would you get into if time and money weren't an issue? What hobby would I get into if time and money weren't an issue? You know, I've always wanted to do something with service dogs, whether that was, you know, the training aspect or the volunteering service dogs um, for veterans or for the blind. I've seen a ton of documentaries and shows, and that's why I'm really fascinated with that. But have you ever seen them where they don't just do the training, but where they go and they place them with a family? 
oh, yeah. for a while until the, mm-hmm. and, and then you had to give them back, which is really hard. So I think for me, that would be really rewarding. Um, and it's not so much about the money aspect. It would just be, I don't have enough time to devote to training a puppy and to train them the right way because they're very specific on what they need to do and not do. Um, and so many of those dogs don't make the cut into service dogs. I would want to, you know, make sure I was doing my best, but my husband and I have always talked about that as being something on our bucket list that we would like to do and volunteer with. And so maybe in the future, um, once I get my kiddo raised and have some more free time, maybe we'll, we'll do that. What about you? Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Have you seen the Netflix show? I think it's dogs. I think it's just called dogs. Did you see that? I think that's the one that we watched recently. And that was the one about the labs that were one from one litter. Is that right? Mm, Could be. I'm trying to remember. So it's, I think the show that I'm thinking of was, uh, it's basically like five or six different stories. So there are five or six little documentaries about dogs, but each episode's a totally different thing. And so, and they're real life stories. So like one of the stories is about a, a guy in Syria who has to who flees Syria but has to leave his husky behind his dog behind and so the whole story is him trying to get his husky out of Syria to be reunited with him so it's kind of a really oh, wow. really interesting story and then another one my favorite was this little Italian village and it's about this fisherman whose dog follows him everywhere and goes fishing with him and helps him catch fish and bring in the nets. And it's all part of, and, but the <laughs> setting is amazing. It's absolutely gorgeous photography. And so it's a really cute story about this guy and his dog and this fisherman who goes out every morning on the lake to catch fish and that then stocks the restaurant that his family runs and really cool story. But the very first episode I think is about what you're describing, the training and volunteering with service dogs and about these families that will fly out for like a week of training with their service dogs and then they get to take the dogs home and it was just really interesting to see the impact that the dogs have and the role that they play and it was uh, it's definitely one worth checking out the, the check it out it's called dogs i think yeah i think it's just I'll straight have to, up I'll dogs have to, yeah. i have to watch that one yeah you'll like that a lot especially the very first episode where they do a lot of the training and, and volunteering so yeah i don't know i think i would get to, I, I really am trying to even though time and money are an issue <laughs> i'm trying to get into <laughs> woodworking hopefully here in the near future so I've never been one to work with my hands much. My dad always was, but now I'm starting to develop a like for it as we've been sort of renovating and improving our house. And I'd like to, once we kind of get the house finished renovating, I'd like to then start learning how to like, you know, build furniture pieces and work, you know, do woodworking and that kind of stuff. I don't know. I feel like I've got a little, a little bug for it. So I want to start learning how to build stuff. So I'd, right. I'd say well, that's A lot mine. of creative people enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's where I would go with it for sure. Well, that's getting to know Carrie a little bit better. Training or volunteering with service dogs. Can't go wrong with that as a goal and a hobby. Maybe you'll be able to dive more deeply into that at some point in the future, Carrie. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Before we wrap up for this month's show, we want to tackle another question from one of our listeners. Go to CoratiLaw.com to submit your own questions to the program. This month's question comes to us from Bess in Frisco. And Bess says, My retirement accounts seem to have done well for the past couple of years, but to be fair, I don't really know what they should be doing. How do I know if my money is doing what I need it to do? Yeah, this is a very common question. And I think the answer to that is... 
you need to have a benchmark for your portfolio. You need to know the average annual rate of return, which most people do, but this is really important. You also need to know the standard deviation of that portfolio. And the standard deviation is a measure of volatility or risk. So for example, if your average return for your portfolio is 5%, but your standard deviation is 8%, that means that it's going to be very common for that portfolio to be somewhere between a negative 3% return for the year all the way up to a 13% return for the year. And so you have to have a good understanding and, and to have those benchmarks because otherwise you will be wondering, well, it seems okay, but I'm not really sure what to compare it to. But also a number is just a number if you don't have an end goal, which is why financial planning is so important. So what are your goals? What do you, you know, if you're not in retirement yet, um, how soon do you want to retire? Are you on track? How much do you want to pull out a year? And do you have a plan for actually measuring that progress and seeing if you're on track? Because if you're on track, then you know your accounts and investments are doing what they need it to do. And if you're not on track, then we know we need to make some changes. Yeah, it's such a great question to ask, Bess. It all comes down to the information and the education that you're getting. We talked about it already on today's show about working with the wrong advisor. And it sounds like you may kind of be making, not saying you're making excuses like we covered earlier on the show, but it sounds like you're maybe in that same vein of, I think it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, but you don't really know what's going on in your portfolio. If you're working with an advisor and that's your situation, that's a red flag. If you're working by yourself, if you're doing your own plan and that's your situation, well, you're your own advisor in that scenario. And so you're you're still not quite doing yourself the service of educating you about what is going on inside your portfolio. That should be part of the education. And that's what Carrie and her team always do when they meet with clients. They make sure that you're integrating not only the financial portion, but also the legal and life planning that comes along with it, making sure that all your bases are covered when it comes to your financial plan. So great question, Bess. Thank you for asking that one. If you've got further questions for Carrie and the team, go online to QureshiLaw.com to get in touch. Check out past episodes of the show. Learn lots more there. Or give a call to 870-275-4304. Carrie, thanks for taking the time to join us as always. And we'll look forward to another great show next month. Thank you, Walter. Have a good one. Enjoy the uh, pumpkins. All right. (laughs) (laughs) More coming up next time. Thanks for joining us this week. For Carrie, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you soon back here on Smart Simple Wealth. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth Podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.